Good morning and welcome. This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insights, Battles Frontline. Throughout the history of wars and conflict, there have been numerous instances where smaller forces have won against larger forces. Such victories turn out to be pivotal in these conflicts and become inspiration to other forces. Their heroic and remarkable nature become entrenched in their respective cultures. And some of these victories are attributed to an element of surprise, complacency in the larger armies, better strategies, better training, or even craftiness. In the capture of Belgrade by Fritz Kilgenberg during World War II, it is said that Fritz sneaked through the enemy lines, passed thousands of men into the city with just six men. Fritz captured some trucks and Yugoslav troops and paraded them as his own when he presented himself to the mayor. On seeing the large force, and I'm saying large force in quotes, the mayor surrendered to Fritz's forces. When the troops saw men putting up German flags around the city, they gave up thinking that it was a general surrender. So biblical war stories, like every war story, are based on a conquest and domination. The story we are going to read today begins at the end of a 12-year dominion of a confederation of kings over a group of other kingdoms. And I was doing my research and I realized that this is the first war against a kingdom that was fought or recorded in the Bible. And this is in Genesis chapter 14. So as usual, let's go ahead and have our dose of reading. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, uh, just Genesis chapter 14 from verse 1 to 24. And at that time when Amraphel was king of Shina, Ariok king of Elazar, Kedolaoma king of Elam, and Tido king of Gion, these kings went to war against Bera king of Sodom, Bisha king of Goram, Gomorrah, Shinam king of Adima, Shemeba king of Zeboia, and the king of Bela, that is Zoar. All these latter kings joined forces in the valley of Sidim, that is the Dead Sea Valley. For 12 years, they had been subjected to Kedo Laoma, but in the 13th year, they rebelled. In the 14th year, Kedo Laoma and the kings allied with him went out and defeated the Rephites in Ashetoroth, Canaim, the Zuzites in Ham, the Emites in Shaveth, Kiridaim, and the Horites in the hill country of Seir, as far as El Paran near the desert. Then they turned back and went to En Mishpat, that is Kadesh, and they conquered the whole territory of the Amalekites, as well as the Amorites who were living in Hazazon Tamar. Then the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adma, the king of Zeboia, the king of Bela, that is Zoar, 
marched out and drew up their battle lines in the valley of Sidim against Kedo Laoma king of Elam, Tido king of Giam, Amraphel king of Shina, and Ariok king of Elazar, four kings against five. Now the valley of Sidim was full of tar pits, and when the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some of the men fell into them, and the rest fled to the hills. The four kings seized all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their foods, then they went away. They also carried off Abram's nephew, Lot, and his possessions since he was living in Sodom. A man who had escaped came and reported this to Abram, the Hebrew. Now Abram was living near the great trees of Mamre, the Amorite, a brother of Eshcol and Anna, all of whom were allied with Abram. When Abram heard that his relative had been taken captive, he called out the 318 trained men born in his household and went in pursuit as far as Dan. During the night, Abram divided his men to attack them and he routed them, pursuing them as far as Hobah, north of Damascus. He recovered all the goods and brought back his relative lord and his possession together with the women and the other people and the other people. After Abraham returned from defeating Kedolaoma and the kings allied with him, the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shavi, that is, the king's valley. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high, and he blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abraham by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. The king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, With raised hands, I have sworn an oath to the Lord, God most high, creator of the heaven and earth, that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or a strap of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say, I made Abram rich. I will accept nothing but what my men have eaten and the share that belongs to the men who went with me to Anel, Eshkol, and Mamre. Let them have their share. Wow. <laughs> oh, so this was a, an interesting read with a lot of uh, tough names to pronounce, but I. I invite you to read at your own time Genesis chapter 14 and just practice pronouncing this king's name and the territories. It's quite interesting. So the five kings mentioned in this story joined against King Jedo Raoma and the other three kings who supported him because they wanted to be free of this dominion. And I was looking through this and archaeologists have documented the plundering and destruction that these kings left behind in their attacks. They wiped out entire populations. They shattered monuments down. They laid the entire countryside to waste and left the entire area looking like an abandoned cemetery. 
And the Bible says that during the wars, the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, leaving the king Chedorlaomer and another king at, at the masses of the revolting kings. And when Lord Abraham's nephew was captured, Abraham had to get involved. And so he gathered 318 men and went in pursuit. And I can't help but feel that Abraham, after living with these people, anticipated that something like this could happen. And so he kept an army ready. He must have been training these people. And the word of the Lord says that Abram divided his army and attacked the revolting kings by night. He rescued Lord and recovered his possession. So now I want you to imagine, and I don't know if you can imagine the size of the army that Abram was against. These were five kings, each with his own army. And on the other hand, he had only 318 men. But Abraham had military wisdom. He planned and executed his plan well. But beyond his planned strategy, we see a man who was willing to leave his comfort and happiness to go after a man who had willingly decided to go and dwell among evil men. You know, you know the story about how Lord decided to go and dwell in Sodom. Yeah, we see a man who went the whole distance, a man who was willing to go through so much trouble and pull someone out of danger, out of bondage. I don't know how many of us would be this daring to go after someone who has literally condemned themselves into the state they are in. Some of us would say, why should I bother preaching to them? It's not like they haven't heard the word of God before and rejected it. Why should I help them out of something they got themselves into? You know, sometimes we don't even try. You look at someone's condition and tell yourself, this is too much for me. Someone is lost in addiction, but you tell yourself, nah, there's no way I'm getting involved in something like this, you know. Sometimes all it takes is a little show of solidarity, a little effort. And we can set into motion that the help that someone needs. But Abram took the first step into what seemed like an impossible quest. He put together the little army he had and went in pursuit. 318 men against five full armies. And I want you to take note that Abraham's victory did not take place in a vacuum. He had trained his men. He had prepared and dedicated them for this purpose. That should there be ever conflict between him and the tribe surrounding him, he wouldn't be caught off guard. He would be prepared to fight back. And I want to ask you today, how much do you invest in prayer? How much do you invest in preparation for spiritual war? Do you have a team that can stand by you in the front line? Do you have a support system that can, you can count on to hold you up in prayer or emotionally, economically, or even physically? Or do you live in isolation? As we come to the end of the text, we see Abraham having a conversation with the two kings who came to meet him after the victory. We see the king of Sodom giving Abraham a financial proposition. He wants them to divide the proceeds of war among themselves. But Abraham sees through him and refuses to benefit from the misfortune of others. You see, 
you know, sometimes we help people, we stand by them in their times of need. But when we water, when we water all that down by seeking to be recognized for the help we offered, we want to be featured every time their story is mentioned. It should not be like that. Abram helped Lot. He helped the four kings recover what they had lost and left it at that. He wanted the credit for his success to go to the Lord. And this is what we see in the conversation that Abraham had with Melchizedek, the king of Salem. The king blesses him and praises the Lord for delivering Abraham's enemies into his hand. We said the other day that we are in a battle with forces greater than ourselves. We cannot afford to sit down and wait until they shall attack. We must train ourselves. We must prepare through prayer, through the word of God. We must have a team that can fight alongside us, a team that can stop what they are doing to stand with us when we need them. And since not all of us are strong enough to withstand this battle, I pray that we may be willing to come to the rescue of those in need. May we not hold back when a brother, when a sister needs help in kind and in prayer. And like Abraham's victory didn't happen in a vacuum, may you have something that the Lord can work with, just enough faith to get on your feet, enough faith to put what you have to work and let the Lord use it to bring victory in Jesus' name. Shalom, this is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insight. And this is Battles Frontline, Day 4. Thank you for your continued support and encouragement to the making of the Daily Insights. Reaching an average of 60 people a day with over 10,000 total plays. I invite you to partner with us by supporting this podcast through monthly or one-time donation. Your contribution will be used to sustain the episode subscription and hosting platform. My goal is to inspire and share insightful messages in our generation, empowering one person at a time each day to continue serving the purposes of God in our generation. Your support is highly appreciated. Click that support button now and give your support. You can support with $1, $5, or as much as you are able to give. Blessings.